Thanks for joining us today for TED Speaks with your host, Ted Carew, the Positive Safety Coach. As co-host and Ted's wife, I have the added task of keeping Ted in line and laughing at his jokes, which isn't always easy. My name is Barb Carew. We are coming to you from Milwaukee, Wisconsin, home of the Brewers, Miller Beer, and the Fonz. How could it get any better than that? Our podcast focuses on sharing ideas with business owners and safety professionals to keep employees safe and families together. Our passion for keeping people safe is the reason Total Health and Safety Solutions was created. This is how Ted is able to share his 25 years of safety experience by supporting companies around the globe in their efforts to strengthen their health and safety process. Please join us in welcoming Carly Baez. Carly, S-T-S-C, CSST is an advisory board member for ABC 15's Operation Safe Roads and is a Phoenix Area Safety Manager. Carly has been involved in American Society of Safety Professionals, including a past president for the Arizona chapter and is currently the ASSP Region 2 Awards and Honors Chair. For the past six years, she has been a co-facilitator of the annual Arizona Distracted Driving Summit including providing education to the public during panel topics, as well as shared webinar instruction, news coverage, and more during the virtual summits. Carly has spoken at family safety events put on by communities, local police departments, coffee with a cop, and has been a guest speaker at multiple high schools during driving classes, specifically on distracted driving. More recent, Carly spoke at ASSP's Safety 2022 and ASSP Arizona Chapters 2022 PDC, Understanding Distraction and Changing Behavior Behind the Wheel, and was a keynote speaker at the ASSP Utah's Chapters 2022 PDC, where she delivered her topic, Understanding Distraction, How Did We Get Here? Good morning, uh, Carly. How are you doing today? Doing great. Thank you. Thanks for having me. How are you? I am doing very good. Thank you very much for uh, joining us here on TED Speaks. We're excited to uh, talk about something that I'm really passionate about is distractions, because I think that's a that's a huge thing in our safety world, as we were talking about b- beforehand, you know, in construction and just everywhere, really. Mm-hmm. So excited about having you on. I'm excited to be here. Thanks again. Yeah, hey, Barb. Hi, how are you doing? I'm good. How are you? Good. Before we get started, I know you started something new, a new position towards the end of 2022. Do you want to give our audience just a little update on what you're up to nowadays? Yeah, sure. Um, I'm a Phoenix area safety manager for a low voltage cabling company. That's a nationwide organization. And then I've also been more involved in my volunteer roles, which is I'm an advisory board member for a local news station here, ABC 15, and their segment for Operation Safe Roads. Very cool. Is that a just before we go on, is that a a struggle um, doing both? Volunteering is so important, but is is it just a lot sometimes or your pa- I can tell you have a big passion for it. So that probably helps. At times it can be. Yes. Uh, at times it can be. I, I got into safety because I, I wanted to make a difference and mm-hmm. I realized that safety doesn't stop at work. Very and true. if I was going to be a true safety professional, or if I was going to really make a difference, I had to branch out beyond the people that I touched at work because it's really not very many. And yeah. while I, don't know how many people actually touch in public safety. At least I'm, I feel good about the fact that I've 
done something about it. That's important to me. Yeah. Making that difference, right? I mean, that's what you're passionate about. And that's what a lot of us in the profession are. It's just being passionate about people and keeping families together. I know we talk. It is. Yeah. I know we talk a lot too about keeping people safe at work, but giving them the ability to go home and keep on being safe. So the fact Mm -hmm. that you're tying both together with your own time is pretty cool. So I kind of want to start off by talking about your involvement in the distracted driving concept over in Arizona right now. You guys, that just kind of became a law, was it a couple years ago? Yeah, it's More been, with COVID kind of seemed to, Is time seems to get yes. lost in COVID, but I want to say it was about three years ago, uh, maybe three and a half weeks, we have a, we now have a law and we have been educating through the annual Arizona Distracted Driving Summit, which has been going on for about seven years. And because of COVID, we went to a virtual platform which actually was nice because we have a law. So now we can focus on education. Mm -hmm. But the issue I have, and I think that we see this even in the workplace, is we change a law or we change a rule or we change a process. And especially from the corporate standpoint, they don't necessarily then train us how to now do processes in this new space. So now we have a law in Arizona. It's like, you got a law. There you go. You got it. All problems are solved right there. (laughs) All problems are solved. What I don't think people realize is that this is something that we ourselves as individuals have shaped ourselves. We've created rules around our, and I'll use our device, even though distraction is not necessarily just about the phone, but how we drive. What's our relationship like maybe with our cell phone, but maybe the radio, maybe we have a schedule we live by. Maybe we're going to listen to KTAR or talk radio, and then we're going to go to satellite, and then we're going to go to this, and Ted whatever speaks, it might of course, be. Right, Ted speaks. Exactly. Ted speaks. But we have rules that we've created around our cell phone. We have different ringtones for different apps, different people. I use the example, if you have a teenage daughter and you know if she's excited about the phone call based on her reaction, or if she says, oh my God, ew, you know, based on the ringtone or even her response that this is the way that she is creating her relationship around her phone. We might have ringtones for work. We might have ringtones for our parents. We might have ringtones for people we really don't want to talk to. We create all these rules around how we operate our phone and we consistently reinforce our behavior without even realizing we're doing it. Right. So now we have the issue of how do we help people understand their behavior and how do we help them make a change? Because if we just tell people stop doing it, which I even think distracted driving policies in the workplace is kind of the same thing. Don't do this behind the wheel. Okay, but how? I mean, let's look at the realistic of that, right? What are the opportunities of a a CEO of a company not picking up his phone, running a multi-million dollar company um, (laughs) for an hour drive? Right. And they have a policy in place that says anybody that is caught on their phone or whatever driving with this company, let's just say, are they going to fire the top the top person of that uh, organization because of that? No. And honestly, I I can say that because in my experience, Mm -hmm. I've experienced that. There was a policy in place. You don't text and drive. You don't hold your phone while you're driving. If you have to take a phone call, you pull over. And I'm driving into work and there he is behind me and there he has got his phone in his hand. Right. Well, it didn't apply to him. It applied to everybody else. <laughs> exactly. That's what you didn't see. You didn't see the part in the policy where in little uh, bold letters. I looked. <laughs> I double checked before I said anything. Sarcasm. I like that once in a while. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> but I will check and I before I yep. have that conversation. And it doesn't exclude anybody. Right. 
it even, the policy was even on our own time. We couldn't do that because we're a representative of the company. Well, you know, it brings back the issue for me in any kind of safety thing, right? Why do we put those things in place that are unrealistic with that? Or are we really going to hold to it? You know, and, and I think that's where I struggle a lot of times with different safety procedures and policies that are in place, because I feel sometimes that we just don't necessarily really think about what, what the broader picture of that is, right? So mm-hmm. are, are we are we committed to that safety, dropping the phone down and not having that? That's great. I, I think that's a great thing to have, but we got to be consistent. I, I don't know how, what your thoughts are. Well, my thoughts are, uh, for example, if you've got a distracted driving policy and you have a fleet, mm-hmm. yep, not everybody has brand new vehicles. Not everybody has vehicles that have Bluetooth. Right. So how many employees are you setting up for failure? Right. So let's say your policy is hands-free. And I'll I'll say that in Arizona, it's hands-free. So if we have people driving a company vehicle, they do not have Bluetooth. And let's say they have cameras in the vehicles. Mm -hmm. If they are caught manipulating their phone to take a phone call because their supervisor called them and the relationship with the supervisor is, if you don't answer me, I'm writing you up. Right. And the company policy is after so many write-ups, you lose your job. Hmm. Well, are we setting these employees up by saying, look, if you don't have Bluetooth, pull over. Right. It's okay. It can wait. Or are we having those conversations with those supervisors? If your employee can't get to the phone because they're driving and you can verify they're driving by looking at the video, then you need to back off right? and let them call you when they reach their destination. Well, I think the other thing too is, you know, a lot of people talk about the hands-free. I, I am not a big believer in the hands-free is really all that much difference than the, that because what happens to our mind, you know, and there's some studies I know out of University of Utah and stuff like that, that really say, hey, it doesn't matter because I know I've been driving spots and sometimes I'll be driving and I'll hang up the phone and also I'm like, where the heck am I? It could be oh, pretty yeah. scary at your time. What do you feel about the hands-free and the different options that are out there, I guess? I feel distraction is distraction. How many times have we tried to send a talk to text and how many times have we spent correcting it because of road noise, other people in the car, Mm -hmm. other people trying to be a smart Alex, trying to change your message and mess you up, or even just distortion from whatever else might be happening in or around the car. If we're focused on changing that message, then really we're not focused on the road or we're not focused on the task at hand, even if we're walking. Right or even if we're cleaning or whatever it might be. But in the case of looking at what the laws state and companies are going to say, we're going to follow the law. Let's just say, for example, companies will say, we'll follow the law. Mm-hmm. You can do this. As a safety professional, it's our job to then say, okay, let's look at the law, but then let's also look at distraction. But the other side of that is we really need to start educating our workforce before we can really start to expect them to follow any of that. We can't just say, if you're in a vehicle, don't manipulate your phone unless it's Bluetooth. Okay. But let's look at it this way. So I'm holding my phone in my hand, but if my phone rings, dings, vibrates, wookies, whatever it might possibly be, (laughs) anytime that it's on my person, in my pocket, in my hand, in my lap, in my car, in my bag, what's your response style? And response is not just answering it. Response is acknowledging it by you listen to it and you go, oh, my phone's going off. That's a response. Response is also picking it up and pushing the button to silence it. Response is looking it up and putting it face down. Response is, oh my God, I forgot to send that guy that email. (laughs) Response is anything that gives you any reaction to your phone is responding to your phone, not just touching it. So if you are consistently responding to your phone, 
on a daily basis. So when you wake up, where's your phone? My phone wakes me up. Yeah, mine too. So when you, when you, so Barb, when your phone wakes you up, do you turn it off? <laughs> yes. Is, it, is that, are you okay. saying after the first, third or fourth time for her? I'm with you, Barb. I've got like two or three alarms depending on my morning or depending on what's going on. So let's say you turn off, then you have the phone in your hand. Do you wake up slowly by checking the news? Maybe you check what you missed on social media. Maybe look at your calendar, check your email, finally get out of bed. Where's your phone? Is it still in your hand? Me, I'll put it on the counter while I get ready and listen to music right. or listen to the news or listen to a podcast. Your, your clock, right? I don't wear a watch anymore. Right. So it's right. You're just, it's just always there. I hate to say. Yep, it is. And then when I'm done getting ready, I take it and I put it in the kitchen while I'm making coffee. Maybe yeah. I'll check it again. Maybe someone will call me. Maybe, oh, oh, I got to remember, I got to set up for that, for that podcast I'm recording this morning. <laughs> or then it's like, okay, what am I doing next? All right, I still have time. I'm still touching the phone. I'm still looking at it. I might get a message. That's just in the morning. That's mm -hmm. not the rest of the day. And I only have one phone now. So imagine people have two phones. Right. From their work and from and their own personal phone. So if we are consistently responding to our phone and we're consistently touching it, is it safe to say that while we're in a vehicle driving, we know we shouldn't touch the phone, but because we're so focused on driving, it's an automatic response to pick up the phone and either look at it or even just silence it. It is. So now, once we get people thinking about that and thinking about their own style, now you can go, okay, so let's look at how long we've been distracted. And the question I ask is, what do you remember seeing in the backseat of a car when you were a kid? Oh, I remember seeing windows? people opening, looking out the window. Yeah. What do you remember seeing? I remember seeing people opening giant maps across the windshield. Yeah. Yeah. How do you see where you're going if it's in front of you? And then pushing the map off to somebody else so that way they can fold it up and put it away. I remember seeing people eating foods they probably shouldn't have behind the wheel and then seeing them experience surprise and panic when a taco explodes all over them or they spill something all over themselves. And instead of pulling over, they're trying to clean it up while they're swerving right. all over the road. But as we think back to the things that we remember seeing that maybe stayed in our mind, the other thing to remember is that in many cases, nothing bad happened. No one got pulled over. No one got in a crash. Now, of course, everybody's journey is a little bit different and sometimes that does happen. But for a lot of us, that nothing bad happened. Right. So now we're seeing as a child, this is normal behavior behind the wheel. Mm -hmm. Then you start getting older and you start driving yourself and your parents are telling you, don't do this. Meanwhile, they're opening maps across the, mm -hmm. the windshield and they're doing all these other things that's telling you that, well, I can, but you can't. Right. And then as you get older, you still are bringing some of those habits in there. And maybe when we were teenagers behind the wheel, the giant CD books. I don't yeah. know why we couldn't trust our friends with a giant CD book of our own music, but we had to be the ones that had to touch it and flip through it and try to get it to open up and crack open because it was it would always slam shut depending on how big it was. But then also a busy adult, women doing their makeup, men shaving behind the wheel, people looking at MapQuest maps and then throwing them in the back seat and you have that giant pile of old maps <laughs> Paper, everywhere yeah. you've been. And the distractions have always been there. It's just changed as far as the type of distraction, but we've right. been distracted and we've accepted distraction ever since we were able to understand what was happening behind the wheel from other people when we were kids. You're right. It's always been there. It's, it, I feel like it's so much more difficult right now mm -hmm. too. And for young drivers, like you said, it's just, you know, I know distracted driving is more than just the phone, but that is such a big one. And, you know, I'm an adult, I know better, but I know I have room for improvement. You know, but mm -hmm. we expect so much. We have to, you know, we have to lead by example. And it's it's not as 
easy as one would think, because we're like you said, we're programmed from the morning we wake up. Right. <laughs> well, you know, even, even us, uh, Barbara and I driving in here into Milwaukee today, this morning, there was a nice car, you know, and I'm like, well, why is this car going so slow on a three lane highway? And it's easily going quite a bit slower than everybody yeah, else. Like and dangerously we, slow. And, and we're passing it. And there he is on his phone looking, reading, you know, playing with his texting, doing whatever, uh, checking something mm-hmm. on there. And really, if somebody was coming up, not really paying attention, easily slam into this individual. So, you know, you see it so consistently that it's, I hate to say it, but it's almost become a norm. I guess a question that I would have for you, how do you deal with people that have these kind of distractions and these these types of behaviors? And how do you deal with that? Well, number one, I feel that the statement, stop texting and driving, don't do it, is not helpful at all. Mm-hmm. Right. It's not working. And I feel that as companies and even as safety professionals, when we say this in the workplace, it doesn't work. It fails because the fact that we're not addressing the actual behavior. Mm-hmm. So what I did is I have a, I created a community challenge uh, in 2020. I had my first opportunity to do a webinar for Paradise Valley's Coffee with a Cup. And it was the first time I'd done a webinar like this. So I wanted them to have something tangible. So I created this community challenge. And what the challenge was is that you have to hold your phone in your hand face up. You have to have the ringer on and the volume all the way up. And you have to ignore or not respond to your phone for 30 minutes. Now, this is in a, in a private personal setting. In a workplace, you could easily do this for 10 minutes. Mm-hmm. I've done this for five minutes when I've spoken in conferences and I, and the entire group is like, oh my God, <laughs> like you want us to actually turn our phone on in a conference and hold on to it. And you can see the panic and the anxiety and then not in explaining what respond is. Now you have to pay attention to me. And I would also have people texting me on my phone. So that way my phone was also distraction. Ignore any phone. Just we're going to pay attention to what's happening right here. Can you do that? Can you play a game for 30 minutes? Can you have a conversation for 30 minutes without responding emotionally, mentally, or physically responding to your phone? And if you did respond, you had to add another 10 seconds. Which is a lot of time, right? Yeah, which is a lot of time. That 10 seconds is a lot of time. And so the point of it is, is that I can't tell you your own experience with your phone. You have to feel your own experience with your phone because what will happen is your phone will do something and your brain is automatically like, all right, let's go get it. Mm -hmm. Whether you're slow to respond or quick to respond, your brain is going to have, is going to expect you to do whatever it is that you do with your phone when it makes a noise. But the whole idea is you're going to ignore it. So now your body is doing something that is, feels incredibly uncomfortable. Now, why am I asking you to feel so uncomfortable? Because until we feel and understand our own response style, and until we experience our own relationship with our phone, we're never going to be able to understand what works for us to change. Mm -hmm. Because I can only tell you what my relationship is. I can't tell you what your relationship is. You have to experience it, but we can do it together. And that's true. I think everyone's so different. When you talk about this challenge, I think that's a great tool. I think um, physically... I would be able to ignore it. But you're right. Mentally, how do you just shut that off? It's like we've mm-hmm. we, we've been pre-programmed. And I think that nowadays, um, I, I mean, I remember when we still had the flip phone and um, <laughs> showing our experience. In yeah. Life. And you Ted came home. He's like, hey, they're offering these iPhones through work and I can get them for the family. You know, should we all do this? And I'm like, ah. I'm good. You know, hitting, you know, the one, two, three to get the C or whatever. And um, and then we have them and it just, it, it really influences and drives 
our expectations, right? Everything's mm-hmm. a quick answer, whether it's personal or especially work-related. Yep. So mm-hmm. even physically, if we could do it in in the back of our head, like you said, mentally, it's it's always there. Like, you know, they're expecting me to respond. I have to get this email out. If I don't get back, they're going to you know, move on. And I think that's really, you know, it's the way of the world, but it's, it is very challenging. I think that's, there's a lot to be, be said there, right? I mean, because I think people are expecting responses a lot quicker than they ever did before. Oh, like so what did we w- ever do before? When, they are. when you do see something, it's really not a fire, but you feel like it's a fire because of that, that particular thing. And I think that's kind of the way that, that society has just kind of made it. You know, and, and so and I think ourselves. when you see that, so we're always like, oh, I got to watch that phone. Yeah. Yeah. We put a lot of pressure on ourselves. We put a lot of pressure on ourselves to answer that. So I tell people before I got involved in safety, before I got involved in ASSP, before I got involved in distracted driving in our state and bringing awareness and doing training, I used to text and drive. I used to. I'm not perfect. Oh, but same here. I can say that I have been able to make the changes necessary to where I don't. And so what does that look like? My employer, I don't text and drive. So if you call me and I don't respond, I will pull over and call you back when it's safe for me to do so. Mm -hmm. I set those expectations so they're aware of what's going on. I also, in my emails, you can silently tell people that you don't text and drive. In my emails, I don't know if you saw something in mine where Mm -hmm. I have, you know, texting and driving is is dangerous, you know, or just send for my iPhone, never while driving. Mm -hmm. And so I put those little messages in there when I'm responding from my cell phone for work or even personal. I even have it on my voicemail. If I am driving, when I reach my destination, I will call you when it's safe for me to do so. I have made sure that on my cell phone, when I'm connected to my car, that it's on do not disturb. So people will get a message from my phone saying that I'm texting and driving. I do know that if you connect your car to Bluetooth, your driving turned on will suppress your notifications, but uh, I haven't quite figured out how to get those messages to go out that I'm driving. So yeah, I'm still learning. But however, those are the changes that I had to make. But I also had to be aware that before I get in the car, let's set the music because I don't think that's something we're ever going to give up and let's set our navigation. And if I have to change navigation... Let's pull over. Let's get to a gas station. Maybe it's time for me to top off anyway because I drive all over the valley. And then let's reassess where I'm at and what I'm doing. I'm safe. I'm not driving or anything like that. And also having conversations with my kiddos. What kind of drivers are we developing for the future? Right. My daughter and I have very, very in-depth conversations outside of the vehicle, but she starts to notice the drivers on the road and what they're doing. And in fact, uh, we recently did a segment on ABC 15's Operation Safe Roads, where they showed my co-pilot and her pointing out the drivers that were on the road. And one of the things that's amazing is that she's trying to really help spread this message too. And not two weeks later, we were involved in a fender bender, mm-hmm. someone behind us. And I could see him. I could see him speeding and I could see him stop really short behind me. I could see the phone was in his hand. I'm like, oh, thank God we were at a red light. And the light turns green. I'm waiting for the cars to start pulling ahead and he just hits me. And so once we're relaxed and once we get out of the vehicle, she gets out of the vehicle, she slams the door and she says, we were just on the news about distraction. <laughs> trying to prevent this pointing at the back of my vehicle from happening. So what kind of drivers are we creating? 
what are they what are they seeing? What are we teaching them? Are we teaching them do as I say, not as I do? Right. Right. Are we yelling at our kids when they ask us to please pay attention because they can see the white line going <laughs> underneath and, and outside of the vehicle? Are you scaring them? Are other parents scaring them? Are they sharing that with you or not sharing that with you? What's your response when your kids tell you, quote, how to drive? And, you know, I think, too, um, first of all, I'm glad that you were both were okay. Yes. But I, I think, too, you talked earlier on about, you know, when you were in the backseat of a car and you saw all this stuff going on as a kid, but nothing ever really happened. I think, you know, when we talk about distracted driving or the workforce and safety, people feel invincible until they're mm-hmm. not. And, and they're a bubble. Right. And, and until not that you want people to experience bad things, but I know we have some kids and a few of them have licenses. And I know two of them within the first what month or so little fender benders in the high school parking lot, which is horrible. And part of part of our conversation was, you know, 10 night, maybe this isn't bad. It was just little. They um, mm-hmm. learned a lesson. It was OK, mm-hmm. a little monetary value there, but that's going to stick in their head next time they're driving around. Now, I know carrying over to the workplace and safety, you don't want an accident to happen to learn a lesson. But sometimes people do feel invincible until it happens to them. Well, the consequences, right? I mean, I think it goes back to consequences. If there is no consequence for them, they they assume that that's going to be okay. Right. And we constantly talk about, I'm sure you do too, Carly, is that just because there wasn't a, a negative Consequence doesn't mean it's not eventually going to be one. If if you go on the top wrong of a ladder, you know those kind of things. Right. You know you can get away with that stuff, but the question mm-hmm. is how long, and and that's that's really where that safety comes in. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and and is it only taking their ability to drive a company vehicle away? Right. Is that step one? Is step two that they get a write up? Is step three they get a demotion? Is every company has their their policy on their disciplinary action? Right. And every company has to follow that. But when it comes to you driving a company billboard on the road, how are you driving? Are you, do you have a number on your vehicle so people can, you know, maybe have a passenger take the number down and make the call? Unfortunately, it makes it difficult. But if you're the only one in the car and you're experiencing something, try to remember the, the company name and leave it alone. And then when it's safe to do so, make the call. Don't try to put it in your, in your phone as you're driving. But do companies offer some type of visual on the back of the vehicle in case someone is driving erratic or someone's not paying attention or someone's driving dangerous or speeding? I know here in Arizona, I'm not seeing as many law enforcement vehicles on the freeway. And I know that as some other states are experiencing the same thing. It's like, let's choose what we're going to enforce mm-hmm. because there's not so many on the road. That's a problem because people are getting away with it. And then also the other thing is our police officers, are they trained on educating people about texting and driving or distraction in general? And I don't think that they are. I think it's a, you know, this is against the law. You can't do this. Don't do this anymore. Okay, thanks. <laughs> well, the reality is, is that what's the biggest liability any company has, right? It's the vehicles on the road. I mean, mm-hmm. and so this is really should be a, a big subject for pretty much any company, I would think, because again, Insurance companies will tell you that's the biggest liability that any company has. The more vehicles you have on the road, the more exposures you have, right? And so being able to understand that, I think, for companies, too, that this is an important thing. But you also have to make sure you, like you said, emphasize if you have a policy and you have a procedure, you make sure that that is followed. And I think sometimes that may not always be the case. 
Yeah. No, it's it's not. And if you're seeing senior leadership not follow it, well, then why should I? Right. Yep. This policy is is junk because nobody's following it. And that's not the right response. Correct. But I think that as humans, we tend right. to we we tend to have that feeling. Oh yeah, absolutely. But it doesn't mean it's right. But that's just something that we see consistently, especially well, someone was up in a ladder in that area where they shouldn't have been. So I thought it was okay. Oh, you know, it's not okay. You can't use that. Well, and going back to your um, example of the police officer just kind of enforcing the law, but not teaching or educating, I feel like that's a topic that we talk to guests about a lot. And I'm sure you feel the same. Sometimes safety professionals are looked at as that police officer just coming in and saying no and stop. And we need to do more Mm -hmm. as far as teaching and educating. And I know that's what we kind of believe here. But what I like going back to your personal commitment, I loved how you gave examples. You know, um, you didn't just say, you know, I work on it, I try, you know, uh, you said you gave us examples of of how you try to do that. And I think carrying over to whether it's our kids or our coworkers or yeah. safety in general, we have to lead by example and give people the tools to make the right decision. So we really, we really appreciate all your feedback. It's one topic, but it sure is a big one nowadays. Oh my gosh, it really is. I mean, you think about when the car went into work, right? They started the car and then they put this thing called the radio in there. People <laughs> thought that that would kill people, right? The distractions and stuff. And so that just kind of the way that it all has gone. So anyway, Carly, we want to thank you for uh, being on our show today. Ted Speaks. Thank you for having me. We enjoyed the time with you. And uh, now it's kind of our little fun time to uh, oh, give you give you our jokes of the day. So <laughs> we're going to see how you you can do on these. How's that? Uh-oh. We should start asking. I think that sounds fun. We should start asking guests to provide the jokes. <laughs> yeah, you know, guests, if you are out there and you want to share them, please do. Also, um, before we get started with that, we also now uh, Barbara and I also have online safety training available on our website again www.healthandsafetynow.com and yeah. just go to Ted's Ed. And you'll see, click on there and you'll see all of our um, new online training that we have. We also have some free. So we'd like to get your feedback from that. So thank you very much. You ready for your, you can say the first joke. All right. We'll see how it goes, Carly. Okay, I'm ready. I'm ready. What's got four wheels and flies? What has four wheels and flies? Four wheels and flies. Like some airplanes have four wheels. Don't spend too much time (laughs) thinking on our jokes. Oh, okay. All right. I give up. A garbage truck. Uh. <laughs> that has oh, flies. Oh, yes. <laughs> yes, yes. Um, okay, here's the last one we'll put you through. What did one DNA say to the other DNA? Ooh, ooh, what? Do these genes make me look fat? Uh. <laughs> Again, Carly, thank you very much for being on the show. If somebody wanted to get a hold of you, how would they go about doing that? I'm on LinkedIn, Carly Baez. Also, if someone wanted to reach out to me by email, my email is Carly, the number four, safety at gmail.com. Well, we really appreciate you being on and um, great topic. It carries Absolutely. through to a lot of a uh, lot of other things you can apply to safety, but I think it's it's a hot one here for all generations. So we appreciate your time and all the efforts you're making in your community. Yes, and, and keep on doing Thank that you. and anything we can do, Barbara Dyke, to help you in your cause, please let us know. Uh, we want to be involved, but have a super oh, safe it. day. Yeah, enjoy your day, Carly. Bye, everyone. Bye-bye. Bye. 
Thank you for listening to TED Speaks with Ted Carew, owner of Total Health and Safety Solutions, providing health and safety support to businesses by customizing a safety process to fit their needs, big or small. Please connect at ted.carew at healthandsafetynow.com or visit our website, healthandsafetynow.com to share your safety stories or find out more about how we can work together to ensure your people go home safely and turn an expense into a profit center. Follow us and leave a review on your favorite podcast app. Have a super safe week. 